welcome to the Motorola Solutions Technology Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Rodriguez. In this podcast series, we dive deep into the world of innovative technology within the Motorola Solutions product ecosystem. Thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. I'm Julio Rodriguez, and welcome to Motorola Solutions Live. I want to thank you for joining me as we come to you at Fridays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day on a Friday to join us to talk about the latest and greatest from the world of Motorola Solutions. So looks like you guys are already starting the conversation uh, leading up to the show. So sorry, I got a little bit of duplicate. There we go. Sorry, a little bit of duplicate audio there. But I appreciate you guys starting the conversation already in the chat. if you're new to the show, um, we come out every Friday to talk about Motorola Solutions product ecosystem, all of the technology that we have, whether it's on the law enforcement side, radio side, enterprise security side, video, access control, you name it, we're talking about it. And uh, we always like to start off things by having people let us know where they're watching from. So if you're watching from uh, here in the US, you're watching from overseas, if you're a Motorola Solutions uh, employee, let me know what what department you're from, if you're one of our integrators, if you're one of our channel partners, um, a technology partner, or if you're one of our end users, we love hearing from you. And we, we always like making this show as engaging and as uh, much of a two-way conversation as possible. So let's see who's on here. Let's see. Got Joel on here already. Good deal. Joel's going to be joining us here in the conversation just a little bit. Greg Wilson, thanks for joining, Greg from DC. Mike Butler's in there from the lab. Anthony, good to see you in Chicago. Barbara from right down the street here in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Thanks for joining, Barb. And Nicole's joining from Salt Lake City. Good to see you, Nicole. All right. And Chris joining from Canada. There we go. Also, we have Motorola from the UK, expansion portfolio sales lead in EMEA. Awesome. Thanks for joining, Dan. Good morning from Billings, Montana. Thanks for joining. Sharon, thanks for joining. All right, everyone. So we've got a great show coming up for you today. Um, Joe Brady is going to be joining us from our uh, body-worn camera team, and he's going to be talking about this guy right here, the VB400. Uh, this is a camera that uh, it's got a lot of exciting potential that I can't wait for you guys to learn about. Uh, Joel Rieger is going to be also in here talking with us about how it connects to the ecosystem and how we get alerts and alarms and pass all those things through our wonderful, wonderful workflow automation system called Orchestrate. All right. So let's uh, bring Joe on here. Let me make sure I get all these things. I got too many buttons on my screen here. All right. There we go. Hey, Joe. Hey, Julio. How are you, sir? Good. And here's Joel. Oh, Joel. look at Joel. Hey, Mr. Motorola. That's going to be your new name, man. How you doing, guys? Good. I want a Motorola football shirt. Where do I get one of those? Yeah. There you go. Every, every time I see him, he's got some some kind of swag that I've never seen before. That he's that's always got a story behind it. There you go. 
So Joe, um, you know, you and I have been working kind of in parallel for a couple of years talking about the body cameras. Uh, give me a little bit of, uh, of your background and how you came to Motorola. So I'm, I'm not a, a legacy Motorola and I was part of an acquisition, but prior to the acquisition, I was in law enforcement. So I was the police in a very, very small town outside of Chicago called Darien. And then I worked in a very large police department in the state of Illinois for the Chicago Police Department before relocating to North Carolina. So big, small, kind of run the gamut and uh, worked with a lot of great tops in Illinois and uh, in North Carolina here where I'm based out of now. I uh, started working for a company called Vigilant and uh, doing LPR, body worn, some other things that Vigilant did, all kinds of fun things. And uh, we were acquired by Motorola in 2019. So it's been uh, one heck of a journey since 2019 coming on board to uh, all things Mother Motorola. Gotcha. So today we're going to be talking about the VB400 and you've got a whole bunch of them. I can see in the background sitting there on a charger bay going at the same time. So um, let's see, let me get your screen pulled up here and we can uh, kind of just jump into what this thing is, how it works, what it does, what, what is it used for? Like, how do people use this? Because, you know, we tend to think of these as when we say body camera here in the U.S., it's always law enforcement. That's that's the first thing that we think of. But there's there's a lot of other applications, a lot of other industries that are already bringing this on. Yeah, that's correct. And, you know, as we kind of dive into the PowerPoint here, I, I forgot to mention, I, I do have a very particular set of skills, Julio. <laughs> and uh, skills that 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 I kind of uh, um, acquired after a very very long career in law enforcement. One of them was the skill of death by PowerPoint. So I have uh, <laughs> I have 400 PowerPoint slides here that I can go through. I won't. I don't have 400. I, I like to say that I hate PowerPoint. I'd rather have this a conversation. You know, it'd be nice if you could have a fire. You know, going in the background that we could have a fireplace kind of conversation, a fireside conversation. Uh, but go. please, I'm going to keep the PowerPoint up as kind of a guide to get me through this. But if you have questions, Joel, if you want to chime in or if questions come in during the conversation, let's entertain those questions because personally, I, I hate PowerPoints, uh, but they do get the point across sometimes and it keeps me on track and focus because I can be a bit ADD sometimes. So I apologize for that. Uh, but yeah, why body worn cameras for the enterprise markets? To your point, Julio, you said law enforcement. For the last 20 years, law enforcement's been deploying body-worn cameras. They were not well accepted when they first started getting deployed. I remember uh, officers in Chicago throwing them on the roofs of district stations because they didn't want to wear them. Uh, the unions having all kinds of privacy questions and concerns about them. So I get it. And now it's 20 years later, the cops have adopted it. They understand that that camera is an independent witness. It is going to make or break their investigation. If they did something right or wrong, it's an independent witness that's going to prove that. And now we're seeing this technology Kind of move into the private market, whether it's a grocery store or or whether it's a private security force, uh, or or uh, a, a number of gamuts that we'll go through here as we kind of talk through body worn cameras as they're making their way from law enforcement into what I'll call the enterprise kind of security uh, area. Good to move forward. All right. So how did we get here with body worn cameras? Motorola. How did we get here? And I like to tell this story first so people kind of understand Motorola. I thought you guys make radios. We do so much more than radios. And Julio, you know that, Joel, you know that. And it's just a matter of letting uh, the people that we work with, our partners, uh, as well as our customers know that we do more than body worn cameras. And I want to say where this came from. This camera. This is a cool camera. Uh, the SI500. And uh, Really, really great camera. I liked it. Uh, not a cheap option. Had so much bells and whistles in it. Maybe ahead of its time. Hmm. Interesting that I say that. So maybe more will come from that. But ahead of its time. 
my company that I worked for, Vigilant, we uh, we did LPR. That's what we were famous for. But we quietly acquired a company in the United Kingdom called Edisix. And Edisix, E-D-S-I-X is short for Edinburgh Six. And that's a group of software and hardware engineers and uh, developers in the UK. Some of the smartest people I've ever met that came together and formed their company over 20 years ago. So software, digital evidence management system, video systems, as well as the hardware. So they were quietly doing their thing in the UK, 20 years, vigilant. We acquired them. Uh, we let them sell outside of the United States. Uh, they did their thing. Uh, we were acquired in early 2019 and at acquisition, uh, our CEO of Motorola asked about Edisix and we told him about Edisix and he asked, why didn't you ever bring Edisix into the United States? And uh, the reason was these guys, WatchGuard, uh, as well as Axon. So the, the two big ones out there, Coke and Pepsi. And, you know, we didn't want to be Cheerwine out there uh, selling body-worn cameras in North America and kind of uh, disrupt the market. So we let it be. So we were informed that Motorola is going to acquire WatchGuard. And we're like, wow, that's really cool. So now we have to find a way to get these products together and get the, the get everything roadmapped. Uh, and that process began. And uh, in 2020, we received a phone call from... Uh, an agency that has three letters in it, and I'll, I'll let that agency be known here in a minute, that they wanted the VB400. They were interested in it, in the VB400, as well as the DEMS, uh, Video Manager EX, to run in the background. And uh, they told us initially that, uh, you know, we're familiar, it's not available in North America yet. We're going to take some time. It's probably going to take us 18 months at least to get going on this and get this product to see if, if it's going to fit what we want to do. Uh, fast forward three months later, not 18, three months they went ahead and they got the VB400 and Video Manager EX. So uh, yeah, that's that agency. So that kind of changed the landscape for what we were doing. Now we were doing things in that process to get VB400 and then this camera too, the VT100 introduced to the market through the Avigilon channel because Avigilon sells things globally. Whereas the mobile video team, we do things here in North America. So we got the product into the catalog, working with the Bureau with their deployment and then started launching it. And, uh, so you know what, we got to get this camera out as we work to align all of our products, all of our solutions, whether it's hardware or software. And there's a lot of alignment going on right now with all of these mobile video products and all for the better. So where we're, where we're at today is nowhere near where we're going to be in five years with all of this technology. So everything is evolving and becoming part of the product ecosystem to your words. This is it's going to get tighter and tighter and tighter. And uh, there's only one company in the world that can tell this story. And that's Motorola Solutions. So I'm real excited about where we're going, where we came from. You know, just going back to to Eta Six and Vigilant acquisition, to the acquisition of WatchGuard, uh, to these guys getting the camera, and uh, just getting such great feedback from them on the product, the hardware, and the software, and then moving forward to where we're at today with the conversation. Sorry for taking so long to get right where we're at, but I like to kind of tell the story of where we came from in order to know where we're going. No, I'd, I'd never seen that SI500 before. Yeah. Very cool camera. Very, yeah. very cool camera. Just ahead of its time kind of camera. So just, I, I applaud. How long ago that, did that come out? So I know they sunset that product in 2019. I think it started oh, wow. out in 2017. Yeah. It was rolling around for a couple of years and there's a lot of agencies out there still using it so that they, they have it. And like, no, we want our SI 500 still. So kudos to it. But there's a lot of uh, partners out there like, oh God, he showed a picture of the SI 500 or there's others <laughs> watching this thing going, why did you even show that camera? It's a cool camera. That's why uh, they developed a great product. And uh, we learn from it and we're going to continue to learn from that. And these acquisitions are bringing new products and solutions. It's going to help us get better aligned with these solutions for our partners and our customers. So uh, why body worn cameras for the enterprise markets? I mean, the number one answer, you take control of a situation. That's the story that we're telling that if we can reduce abuse from the public and everyone gets abuse from the public. So it doesn't matter if it's a police, a bus driver uh, or, or someone working at the food line. 
uh, abuse from the public, false allegations, uh, liability claims and lawsuits. And I can give you some good four examples of this, working with a pest control company that was getting accused of allegations of damaging property, arguing with people, not showing up on time, not doing their job. They deployed first person video, body worn cameras, and their allegations went from hundreds to none because the camera tells the truth. The camera is an independent witness. People want to make a complaint. You know what? We're going to check the body worn camera footage and, and verify your complaint. Wait a minute. Your person had body worn cameras on? Yeah. I'm not going to file a complaint now. So it's just interesting to see what that does. Uh, and, and in doing that and deploying these cameras, it improves morale. It makes people feel like, you know what? My company's got my back. And this is going to take time. It, it, like I said, 20 years ago, when the police first started deploying these on the roofs of buildings, complaining to the union, it now now the cops want them. They won't go out on the street without a body-worn camera because it is their independent witness in case something does go bad that they did right, that they're going to have the backs uh, their supervisors are going to have their backs. The agency is going to have their back in this incident. Uh, we're also seeing them be used for employee training to make sure that people did the right job. And if they did the right job, hey, let's highlight that and show that to other employees and safety teams that they're doing all the right things. Profit, got to put this in there because the bottom line is the bottom line, right? If we could save money on liability claims and lawsuits and even a theft, we're going to save money. We're going to save money. The last bit, public perception. That comes through transparency. Let people know what's going on in your store, in your own ecosystem, and let an independent witness, first-person video, tell that story with audio and or video. So just all of those things, and we'll kind of dive into here into the markets. And these are the really the four pillars that Motorola, we like to focus on with our partners. And these are the customers that we're visiting every day, right? Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Which which vertical markets are we seeing this used in? Because that's, that's pretty much looks like the same ones that we do our fixed video, you know, a, a Vigilon ecosystem uh, deployments with? Well, as, as well as these things too. So these are all customers that we're already talking to. They have our handheld radios. Now we need to get them extending their fixed video systems they have with us to include first-person video. So handheld, body-worn, fixed video, first-person, all these things coming together in the ecosystem. And again, only Motorola can tell this story because we have all these things. We don't need to integrate. All we have to do is connect these devices within these verticals. And these yeah. verticals are perfect. One of, one of the things that I love, you just said we don't need to integrate, but one of the things that I love about this platform is that it does use Video Manager to go seamlessly into the Vigilon Unity video platform. And it gives customers um, a first-person view while maintaining a contiguous record with all their other on-premise cameras. Um, and it's really nice, right? Because this thing can be triggered by a holster or something else or a push of a button. And it's not just that body camera that's showing the video, but it's all the other cameras in context. I use this in, in retail. I use this in healthcare. One of the most interesting things that we did, though, was we use it in a jail. And the jail had the police-grade watch guard cameras, and they still bought these because, one, they were affordable. And the value proposition of them being able to put first-person video in context with the rest of the fixed cameras, they found when they were doing jail cell uh, inspections and other things to be invaluable, and it was making their uh, officers safer because they didn't have a guy standing behind them with a video camera trying to capture the jail cell inspection. Yeah, it was absurd how they, how they used to do it and, and empowering their employees to put first person video right on them. It changed the narrative. It allowed that agency then to control that narrative from beginning to end. There is no more, somebody pulls a camera out during the event and you only see a portion of the narrative. Now you have the whole thing right. and you control the story. So uh, I kind of tell the story of, of how things can be controlled through in healthcare, education, retail, hospitality. Again, focus on security, but you're going to see the same threads. We're going to be pulling through the same threads in all of these uh, markets. We'll talk about healthcare first. Use cases, verbal and physical abuse from patients. 
Verbal and physical abuse from family members. People come to hospitals, they're irate, they're upset, understandably. We need to document these things from beginning to end. Joel, your point, fixed video, it doesn't capture everything and tell the whole story. That's why you need that first person perspective so you understand the full tenor of the conversation going on. Body warrants the way to do it. False liability claims, training and best practices in healthcare. Just it's an invaluable uh, product to have in place. Education, again, similar threads. Verbal or physical abuse from parents. Fights between students, intruders on campus, and then even ground patroller security. So we're seeing more and more schools pivot from a security presence to an actual police force on premise. And mm -hmm. uh, those, those cameras need to stream back to the fixed video systems they have in place. We've seen a lot of success with that, extending those fixed video systems to first person. Again, so total visibility to everything going on at once, real-time situational awareness for everyone arriving on the scene. Retail. Retail's evolving. So it's interesting that retail wants to do that because retail's doing less. I'm sorry, they're doing more with less right now in terms of employees. So go into a yeah. store, try to find somebody. Yeah, they're just so stressed. There's so much verbal and physical abuse from customers you know, over toothpaste. This is insane that this shouldn't have to happen. Um, cash register theft is a very real thing. And I'm dealing with a number of customers with it that you know, the mindset was from management, we're going to go in and we're going to put body-worn cameras on because we have cash register theft. Yes, it happens. And yes, could this keep them honest? Yeah. But don't tell that story of that's why you're putting cameras on your employees. Tell them it's to empower them against physical and verbal abuse. Because if you put a camera on, someone starts yelling at you and you press the record button, you say, you know what, sir, I'm going to record this conversation for your protection of mine. That in and of itself is a de-escalator in those situations. So yeah, will it prevent cash register theft? It'll help with it, help keep the employee honest because there's a camera on them now and they can't really sneak around that. Uh, it's going to help combat organized retail crime. That is a buzzword right now that we're all hearing. First person video. It doesn't, again, we see VIX, fixed video systems up there. They don't always get the face. They don't always get everything going on. They don't always capture the full tenor of what's going on. But first person video, even if they don't interfere with what's going on or take action, if they could view that footage first person and get that face, maybe get them saying something, maybe even threatening their life, uh, then the police can go back afterwards and charge that person with a crime. They get better footage from that. Uh, and then loan worker protection, more and more loan workers out doing deliveries. We know that when Amazon does a delivery, they take a picture on our front porch, but what's protecting the Amazon driver delivering that if someone tries to carjack them, that they don't have video protection for them, uh, whether it's real-time streaming or just captured on the device itself. So loan worker protection in all those kinds of markets. The last bit, hospitality. Hospitality is evolving and it's huge. And it's cool to see Motorola coming out with new devices like TLK25. You see more and more connections coming together with all these things that we're doing in the ecosystem. So hospitality is going to get cooler and cooler for us uh, as a company. And again, same threads, verbal or physical abuse from guests, banned individuals. You banned individuals come in the property, come up, first person video is going to capture the face of that person immediately. And they're going to know, hey, this is the banned person. They could send the video to the police and charge them after the fact after they leave. Uh, training and best practices. And again, secure the area on foot patrols. Foot patrols kind of a lot of similar to what law enforcement does out day-to-day -day patrolling. So again, similar threads. Does that kind of cover the, the, the verticals, Julio? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it's like you talked about, it, it's an extension of what we talk about with when we talked about fixed video systems and, you know, you have your security cameras up on the ceiling or on the wall or on the corner of a building. And we talk about things like situational awareness. Do you know that, you know, that there's a, a person in an area that shouldn't be there and then we use the ecosystem and the connections to get a person out there. But then now we're adding this extra layer of documentation because they're not going to have their radio keyed up and open 
that channel open the entire time they're talking to someone to you know document the conversation that way that's that's not what they're used for so how can we have that context that added context of the dialogue between or the engagement between the off security officer and you know the person that may not be uh, the trespasser or yeah. whoever you know or they said something to me or they claim that they said something to me like that that was the big one that i saw was your your uh, false accusations if you document it and someone says this person was rude to me they assaulted me you know and they're trying to file a claim against the company you have that evidence that no this did not happen we have a video of the entire interaction and it did not happen yeah i like to say there's three sides to every story sorry there, there's three sides to every story right my side your side and guess what the independent witness the truth so yeah. you know th this is this is going to be the story that you want told i'm sorry joel no no go ahead so one of the things that i really enjoy about the ecosystem you know as we bring it back it's not just about the pieces it's the synergy that we bring to the solution when, when coupled with the VB400 video manager and Unity video, we can now trigger through Orchestrate using ACS or Unity Cloud Services. So let's take the bigger ecosystem just for a use case that's not security related, right? So we've got the Avigilon Decision Management System. I've always said that's a great platform for people, regardless of whether they use it for security or they use it for an operational excellence application. So here we go. Let's say there's a problem. All they have to do is tap the button on their, their body camera and they know somebody's got their back and it doesn't have to be a security officer. It could be a maintenance person logging lights that are out on a property and it's being sent to a system that somebody can then log and put in a maintenance ticket. It could be, um, hey, you know what? We have a guest that's lost or a child that's lost. Here's a picture of that child right now in the control room and they can do more actions quickly, right? So it doesn't have to be security necessarily. It can be operations. It can be efficiencies. It could just be two man, as you know, two man escalation. Where uh, you know you talk about lone workers, you're not alone, right? You're going to do a delivery in a dangerous area. It's not going to the police, but it's going to somebody in dispatch that can keep an eye on you. I like that. You're not alone. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's a great point. Lone workers, you're not alone if you have first person video on. That that that's a great story, Joel. Yeah, I, I even had one that was a um, it was a residential facility that had maintenance workers and they were going into these residences to you know fix things the sink was broken an outlet was broken things like that and there were always these accusations of something went missing something was broken in the process and they had no way to refute it there was just you know one person's word against the other when they have these devices now they can you know leave, have them recording the whole time and show the complete from knocking on the door to the time that they leave engagement to really stress whether or not, you know, that person was engaged in that way or not. Yeah, I think it makes people more efficient too. I think of a utility worker that is wearing one of these cameras, and this is a real case out in the real world that normally they would do an inspection on a pole. And if they have to tag the pole out, they got to fill out a form. They got to bring the form back, let safety approve it, and then come back and then tag it out. Now they're wearing first person video, live streaming over a device in their vehicle back to the safety team. And they're tagging out that pole immediately because they, they provided the video real time. So just so, so, so many efficiencies with the camera, but let's, let's talk about why the VB 400. How about, how about that? We'll talk a little bit about this camera. Cause I showed you a couple different cameras that Motorola makes. Uh, we make others that aren't in that slide, some really cool stuff, but, uh, talk about the VB 400 here. Uh, some really high level stuff, resilient, intuitive works in any environment. It's large, easy to use buttons. This thing has five buttons. Everyone always asks, why does it have five buttons? Because we let you, the user, the end user, program the buttons for how they want it to work based on their workflow. 
Some people wear gloves, some don't. Some want the top button to mute something, some don't. So we give you the power to change any of the configure buttons on here, as well as the lights, the beeping, the audio, the slide switches, everything's programmable. When I say that it's powerful, that it records at 1080p and 0.2 lux, we're well, just spec sheet documents, okay? What I could really say is this camera can record, record at 1080, 720, or 360. Why is that important? Because storage of video is kind of a big deal these days. So us giving you the ability to record at 1080, 720, or 360 allows you for flexibility in terms of how you want to store it. And then we also talk about streaming real-time video. Uh, 1080 is it's a lot of video to stream real time. And if there's anyone IT on the call that wants to yell at me and it happens all the times in calls, let's stream at 360, right? Let's just be, but we'll keep the 1080 copy on this camera. That's the evidentiary copy. We'll keep it on the camera. When I say 0.2 Lux low light performance, that's about what the human eye sees. The last thing we want is a camera that can see better than the human eye. Because when that person goes to court, they show the video. Someone's going to go, you missed that? Because these cameras have all these features and we make cameras that could see at night. That's their purpose but it's not what the operator sees at night. So we want this thing to see about what the human eye sees. Connected. We could stream to any OnViv compliant VMS system. That's the power of this camera. If it's OnViv compliant, we could stream to it. Now, of course, we would want it to be an Avigilon system, but there's other systems out there that we know are OnViv compliant that we've done the work with that we could stream real-time video, near-time video back to that command center as well. Bluetooth connection and GPS capability. So the camera has Bluetooth, it has GPS built into it as well. Some cool things about Bluetooth. Joel, you hit on it. Holster aware sensor, partnered with Yardarm, have that sensor go off, weapon comes out of the holster, camera turns on automatically. We turn it on anything. The other cool one with Bluetooth activation is what we call peer assisted recording. So if I turn my camera on, I can set a beacon off and that beacon will go off for about hundred feet and I can set the timer for how long that beacon goes off so that any other camera operator that comes into my bubble their camera turns automatic on automatically. You start to 360 view what's going on without having the people put, put their buttons. That's important because typically when you turn your camera on, you're probably calling for help at the same time and people come running to your aid. The last thing they're gonna think about is turning their body-worn camera on. Or if you forget to turn it on, someone else comes with their camera in view, they turn theirs on, yours turns on automatically. And then if we have pre-buffering going on, we can capture those, those kind of couple of minutes that may have been missed by you not turning the button on. So Joe, one of the things that's really interesting, you mentioned it goes into a lot of VMSs and that's great, right? Because this is not just a segregated solution for Motorola, but for others' devices. One of the things though that I really enjoy about the Motorola ecosystem and the value that we add to the solution is that if you're running an AIN VR from Motorola, from a Vigilon, we can start putting in that facial recognition and the advanced analytics through the Vigilon Unity platform that aren't available possibly in some other platforms. So there is a reason to keep it on the Motorola platform. You get access to the greater ecosystem and genuine, genuine intelligence that are actionable and meaningful for the person wearing it. Yeah, great right. point. Yep, sorry, Julio. And just, just like all the other technologies that we have in the ecosystem, it, it's amazing because they, they work, they're world-class industry-leading technologies as a standalone system. But then when you start to incorporate them, cameras and radios, fixed video with mobile video, and radios, you start getting these orders of magnitude, better security outcomes, faster response times, better operational, um, you know, interactions than you just had alone. So it doesn't require a whole forklift of your old system. You don't have to rip everything out in order to start taking advantage of it. But as you go, it gets better and better with each one, not just, you know, each one by itself on a little island. Well, imagine a known person pops up. We've identified that person on a watch list, right? And all of a sudden, a turbo radio gets paged through Orchestrate, right? That's a big deal. That's lowering that response time gap that's there. 
and increasing that service level for everybody. And that doesn't have to be police, right? That can be a commercial environment where if you've detected something, a VIP in a casino, perhaps, right? That person can dispatch the casino host and they can be on site much quicker. Very powerful story. And it's, it's, it's a story really that only Motorola can tell. All these connected solutions, not using the integrated word because we don't need to integrate. All we need to do is connect our devices. Uh, the last bit on here is security. Uh, like all other body-worn cameras out there, they're the same but different. Uh, encryption at rest and in transit, AES-256, high-level encryption on it. The battery's built in. Now, we make a couple cameras where the battery's removable. That's because they have what's called record after the fact. They're always recording. When you're always doing that, it's always going to kill your battery. So we pre and post-record two minutes in each direction. doesn't strain the battery as much. Uh, battery recording time, It's it, the spec sheet says 12. Uh, I've seen some DOJ tests that put it way north of 12, uh, but just know that you can get more than 12 hours of 1080p video uh, off this camera. And uh, depending on what resolution you're recording at, the camera has 64 gig, is gonna determine how much we can get on here. So 1080 is gonna be different than 720, obviously. Same for offloading when we go to put it in cold storage or in the Dems. Gotcha, got a question here from Tim. Um, he wants to know if the VB400 can be used in conjunction with a vehicle's Wi-Fi, assuming they're out of the range of a building Wi-Fi for the, you know, for an organization's video management, you know, fixed video system. Sure can. And we have agencies doing that. And you could actually, you could program one of the buttons to toggle between Wi-Fi modes of what you want to connect to and then connect to it. I'm a fan of connecting to my ion radio and using its LTE hotspot. So everywhere I go, if it's on my hip, I can stream. Right, handheld body warrant, tying those two things together. But yeah, Tim, you can do that. It's just a matter of getting it married to that network or assigning it to it in and of, in advance, so it it has the protocols to get on that network. Great question, only, thanks, Tim. Yeah, not only live stream, but then you could offload video over Wi-Fi too, and it's secure. It's AES encrypted at two fifty six, transmitting that video back to the Dems. So the Dems, why Video Manager EX? Because we have a Video Manager EL, which is for a different platform. And give us time, we're gonna get all these things aligned. We have some very, very smart people working on this, uh, but give us time. Video Manager EX is the Dems that we use for this. Dems Video Manager, I'm sorry, Dems and Video Management Systems, the same but different. We just treat the data differently. And at Dems, it's evidence. Uh, we want it to the same level that the Department of Justice is going to use that Food Lion can use. They're going to get the same benefits from the security of this video footage. So we'd like to say from capture to closer, all in one, you capture the video, you can pair the video in Video Manager. When I say prepare, we have some light redaction capabilities in here. Now, if you want to do high speed AI redaction, that's when you flip over some of the other services Motorola has in place to do those things. But within the Dems itself, we can do some basic redaction, some manual transcription, uh, and then you could do what we refer to as judicial sharing from the platform as well. We have three different and ways. And DEMS means digital evidence management system. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, digital evidence no, it's, management. It's okay. System. I say VMS all the time and not everybody knows that one. So Yeah, no, and it's not a VMS. And VMS, right. DEMS, the same but different. But, uh, you know, like a police department could never store their video in a VMS the way they need to in a DEMS. It's just security right. and how we handle that. Uh, and then even sharing it too because we want a full audit trail associated with this. So with Video Manager EX, we have three different ways to share. We could obviously go old school, download it to a DVD or a jump drive, and that's where our audit trail ends. And it goes to that device on that date and time and it went there. Uh, we could provide a link that someone could log into Video Manager and we could put an expiration or a password on that link. And then the video that they're viewing, we could watermark it. So we could share it and watermark it. So if they do pull their camera out and record the screen and share it with TMZ, we know exactly who shared it because it's watermarked with the, what was shared to them. Uh, the last way that we could do it, 
and this is becoming more and more popular, is we could actually give credentials to third parties. So if you're a grocery store and you want to give credentials to log into Video Manager EX in the cloud, uh, you could provide them logging credentials and they can come right in. Any video that's shared with them will show up right in their feed and video manager. And this is the even better news about that, Julio, is we don't charge for those licenses. We actually license per device, not per oh, wow. user. Yeah, not per user. So you can have as many users on the system that you want, either operating cameras, during redaction, or just coming in using judicial sharing. So huge differentiator between what others are doing in the market. Uh, we want people to use the stems and become familiar with it. So three ways for judicial sharing. None of them are going to require additional licensing. Uh, we make it as easy as possible for the customers. Right. And you mentioned so like something there that I wanted to, to, to highlight because you said, you know, for di digital evidence management that a police department would not be storing the video from their body cameras on their, you know, a vigilant server that that wouldn't stay there because of the the characteristics of the video it's like we we can't have that there so is it technically possible to be able to stream something live into the vms but not actually record it just show it live when it pops up so you can have situational awareness and then it yeah. just lives only on on this system as their digital evidence for you know, after the fact for court, things like that. Yeah, I would say that that's probably the preferred way uh, because a lot of VMS is when we stream live audio and video live over the VMS, we're capturing audio video, but when it lands in there, even to save, we tend to lose audio and that's not our fault. It's just an industry issue that's going on with VMS systems. So mm -hmm. it's still here and it's still on the Dems, but to your point, digital evidence, like body worn cameras, first person video, that should be streamed for situational awareness to the VMS, but let's store it in the Dems. Could put that high quality evidentiary video in the Dems and store it there. So got it. We got another quick question uh, that Chris uh, said. Knowing that the battery is not replaceable, what's the life of the battery based on standard use? So, Chris, I didn't say the battery isn't replaceable. We do sell battery refresh kits. So, those are available. And it's just a matter of getting people properly trained uh, on that. Uh, so, whether that's a depot that's training, uh, has been trained at Motorola or some of our, our partners that are trained for those battery refreshes. So that's something we could talk about. Uh, but to your point, what's the life cycle on these things? It's about the same life cycle as this thing. So it starts to degrade over time, but what's nice about Video Manager EX, it has a battery audit system built in. So you could set reports up and thresholds that if this thing's not hitting 50% power, don't check the camera out and let me know so I can ask for a refresh. I could send it in for an advanced replacement if it's still under warranty. Uh, or I can contact somebody at the depot or somebody that's been trained to do a battery refresh. But typically I would say with any iPhone three years before it starts to degrade, I think that, yeah, that's- Yeah, that was gonna be my question, the typical life cycle of the device is about three years. Yeah. Uh, Depending on- Yeah, I got one behind me. It's one of the original ones. It still works. It takes a 90% full charge charge and uh, it still works. So uh, I guess it depends on usage, like anything with a battery, the more you use it, if you don't use it properly, it strains it, but we put some tools in place to have visibility to what's going on with that camera. Gotcha. But yeah, I guess we could say three years before maybe it's time to cycle this thing out and get the VB. I won't say what number because mm -hmm. whatever the number next is for VB or, and VB stands for a video badge in case anyone wants to know, video badge 400 and spend 100, 200, 300, now we're at 400 and you can imagine what's gonna be next. But I won't say it because I don't want Stuart yelling at me. So. <laughs> so, so, Joe, I have a quick question for you. Non-standard application, but could be interesting, right? So I've got customers asking me all the time for quick deploy cameras for small-term investigations, right? So this is standalone. It's on Wi-Fi. It streams into the VMS. 
would there anything be stopping somebody from taking two or three of these, putting them in positions for an hour or two or three hours to do a quick little uh, temporarily investigation and then take them away and redeploy them somewhere else? So uh, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not what this was designed to do. But Joel, uh, since we started introducing this, especially to the channel, they've come up with all kinds of creative ways that I'm not going to say our best practices for deploying body-worn cameras, but seeing one of these on front of a forklift, that really blew my mind, right? So uh, what, what's nice is the mounts that we use, there, it's a universal attachment called ClickFast. So you don't have to buy a Motorola mount for this camera. We use ClickFast, and Peter Jones in the UK makes some incredible mounts that he makes one that could be screwed into things. So uh, you can get creative and hang these things up on there. Uh, just know that if you are going to be doing live streaming from the device, live streaming is going to kill a battery faster than uh, just recording video would. So it's just things to consider. Now I've had people say, well, you know, I could use the USB charger. I could plug it into a USB jump drive power adapter. Would that work? Sure. But that's not what this was designed for. It's awesome to see that they're finding other uses for it beyond what the ETA 6 team designed this for. So it's, it's just kind of cool. But uh, um, yeah, seeing it on a forklift, that was just one of those that, but I, Joel, I, I was testing one last night and I left it on my front porch in my flower pot. And my Amazon driver picked it up and looked at it, right? Because they, they didn't know what I was doing. Meanwhile, I have a ring camera in the front door. So here's me getting into it too. So. You know, it's funny you talk about that non-standard stuff with the forklift, but that was one of the things people asked me was, we have a lot of complaints about some, you know, organized retail crime at the loading dock level, right? So can I throw these on a forklift? Can I put these on my dock workers temporarily? Can I get a really good supplemental view of, hey, I've got cameras on a loading dock, but I may not have the views that I want temporarily for an investigation. Can I deploy yeah. a couple of these for a couple hours and just get some more insights? And, and the answer is yes. And I'm sure the team in Scotland's going, no, tell them no. <laughs> uh, I mean, can they do it? Yeah. Should they do it? It's one of those could we, should we, right? Could we? Yeah, you can. It'll work, but it's not what it was really designed for. But it's still going to capture audio and video. And if they want to real-time stream it back over Wi-Fi, they could do that too. And it's evidentiary great. So we just need to note the audit trail when we check that camera out. This is where it's important. But the audit trail shows that, hey, this camera was checked out to someone, an individual that hung that camera there and had line of sight to it or knew that it was there the whole time. Because someone could ask, well, who put the camera up? You know, all kinds of evidentiary questions get into place when it's not physically on a human being. So the courts are going to ask questions. All right. Got a couple of questions coming in. So Ken wants to know, once a body-worn camera recording has occurred, that footage is locked and inaccessible at the situational, uh, basically at in the field. I imagine the, the footage could be purged at a higher management level. So it's, it's locked. You, you can't get to it by popping in a USB uh, wire into the body camera. You can't get to that video unless you are on a viewing, unless it's streaming it out somewhere else or you have it logged, you've logged into a uh, video manager so, console. So to, yeah, to your point, there's no screen on this that people could view it. And, uh, you know, the Edis6 team's uh, kind of mindset on screen was screens where they break. And they do break for viewing and they more money and they kill batteries. Uh, so in terms of viewing it in the field, granular permissions. So we could certainly stream the video back real time and offload the footage back to the video manager or another Dems mm -hmm. and view it that way for a supervisor. Uh, we can also enable the viewer to download an app on your Android or iOS device that you could view the footage there. Now that's going to be agency dependent on what their policies are or what the company's policies are. Because some places don't want their people viewing their video. So right. granular permissions, can we do it? Yes, we have we have apps for it. Um, I even have the app installed on my iPhone phone as well. Kind of cool that I could run an Android uh, on here and do all those things. So if it's streaming live, they can watch the video as it's streaming across the radio from just the 
another well, even, location even, out in the Even after I hit, I hit off on it, that video, mm -hmm. I could offload it to this via Bluetooth and I could view it on here. It does not save to here. It's a one-to-one, -one, so I can view it. Basically, it's a connection via Bluetooth from my, my iPhone to my camera where I can view the footage. I can go back and view it. And if somebody tried to delete that footage, it Can't would... Do it. Can't do it from the device. The only place you could delete footage is from the Dems, from the Video Manager EX, and that is permission based on who can or cannot delete it. In fact, yesterday I got a phone call from the chief of police. He said he was trying to delete some video. He goes, I don't have the permission to do it. I go, because your admin didn't give it to you. So let's get, your, you know, let's get your admin on the phone and let's make the decision of who can and can't delete video footage. Granular permissions, that's the beauty of this platform. This is your data. We let you own and control your data, Joel, where you stand. Those are your words and I love it. And I still use it today because every customer kind of stands differently and we want the system to be flexible for them. Right, so and that, that, that's the question too, because you know we, talk, we start talking about on-premise and cloud, it's up to the local organization that wants to do this, where they want to store the, these videos, it's up to them. They can store it on the, their cloud, a, you know, Azure, Amazon, AWS, whatever they have, or even within their own network we let them control it. Basically, right. they don't have to have the Motorola evidence management cloud in order to be able to restore video outside of their organization physically. That's correct. So Joe, what can we do to personally identify the video to the person that's like using it, right? So I, I believe you can check them out using a prox card or some kind of thing that assigns it to an officer. Can we do some kind of overlay on the video itself saying it was officer, you know, Joel that had that camera for that period of time that that video was recorded? How does that work? How do we how do we attribute the video to a person? So the, the metadata that shows up in the video, it's all configurable of what you want to show up on there. Uh, but I, I think of it like, you know, watching the news banner that sometimes you get too much information on there, like all these things piling up. Uh, and then we can even go so we can provide all metadata, whether it's a, a, an ID number, a name, date, time, location, GPS, lat, long, all those fun things. Again, we can go a step further when we watermark that video. It does not have to be a Motorola Batwing on there. It could be the company's logo that's on that watermark. Again, this is their data. And when they share it, it shouldn't have our logo on it. It should have theirs. This is their story, not ours. But all that metadata is controllable. You just got to be careful about that. Yeah. Mike Butler said, try mounting one on German Shepherd. The video was fun. <laughs> I could imagine. And it's funny because I have a bunch of nylon holsters and rigs for mounting cameras on different mm -hmm. things, including very, very large human beings uh, that it, it is interesting because we're all shaped differently. And, you know, telling everyone, hey, you need to put your camera right here center. That doesn't work. And uh, I did mount one to a horse just for what that's worth. <laughs> that was fun. We actually used the leather bridle and we used a KF screw mount and screwed it through the leather mount and, and mounted it, you know, positioned it. And what's nice is we can use the aiming tool on the, the app to figure out the camera so we know how it's aiming and what it looks like and before. So we, you're not we, getting just the tops of everyone's heads because you put it in the wrong spot. Exactly. I mean, some agencies say everyone has to wear it here, but if you have people that are all shaped differently, that camera's gonna aim up to the sky, down to the ground, left or right. So it's good to use the app just to see where it's aiming. Just makes, uh, makes mounting it a little bit better and then seeing your video. All right. Uh, was there another question or we get, we hit the two yeah. that came in? That we right. got so again, Joel, you, you took some of my thunder. Um, we're, we're talking about how we, uh, we optimize these cameras for every user and that metadata that shows up there. Every user can have different configurations for the camera itself. Everyone could be set up differently. 
Uh, but really everything is so flexible and so granular in terms of the permissions. I think there's over 800 different permissions. I'm sure Sharon will tell me I'm wrong, but it's okay. But everything is configurable based on the user. We're not going to tell you what to do. We're going to show you what some best practices are, but everything is configurable based on your workflow. Julio, you said it. On-premise, in the cloud, or combination of both, we have that flexibility. Now, again, I'm going to yell that when I say this. I deployed a VB400 system, 14 cameras, to a Highway Patrol Agency's motorcycle unit. I did it on a laptop. So they video manager EX is on their laptop, but then they point the video up to their cloud instance because that laptop is connected to their cloud. So everything is done locally on the laptop, but data storage is up in their cloud, hybrid model. It's how they wanted to do it. We met them where they stood. Is it the best way to do it? I don't know, laptops kind of a single point of failure, but I've seen other things connected to laptops in cars that companies are selling those things. So that's okay. Uh, I, I would recommend connecting to a server or something within your own ecosystem and connected to, but we have the flexibility, Joel, to meet you where you stand. Love it. Uh, I talked about uh, having the logo in the video, the metadata that you can put your company logo on there. Not only the video itself, we could skin, you could skin the interface to put your logo, your color scheme on there, whatever you want, because this is not Motorola's platform. This is your platform. When you download it and you set it up, this is yours. So it should be yours and it should, it should be comfortable and familiar, especially if you start doing judicial sharing. You want people that you're sharing it with to know who it's coming from. It's not coming from Motorola. It's coming from right. you know, Joe's Bagpipe Shop. That's where it's coming from. You want to know these things. All right. I don't want to say any of those companies' names on there. Uh, keeping data safe and compliant. I mean, video manager, we talked about judicial sharing. We talked deletion policies, all different kinds of ways to check boxes for two-factor uh, authentication. We have AES encryption on here. We could put a password protection on there in the links. Checking all the boxes of the same different what other vendors do. We have them as well. Uh, so those them. deletion policies, you know, that, that pops up a lot in, uh, in conversation. What, what type of options does someone have for that? So let's talk about just policies first. Uh, and, and let's use hospitals and schools as an example, because hospitals and schools have to manage their data differently. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, HIPAA and FERP are telling them what to do. By allowing them to use their own environment to store the data, their hosted solution, and if they maintain that data the same way they do their fixed video, they're in compliance. So I would say if they have fixed video systems and they want to add body warns, extend their fixed video policy that already addresses HIPAA and FERPA to include mm -hmm. first person video. It's the same, it's the it's coming back to the same system. So why not cover the same policy on it? With deletion policies, every state, every company, every everybody has different retention periods for their data. We're flexible. You decide how you want to store and maintain your data. Just remember if you're querying at 1080p, that's a lot of video. Uh, and we can give you a calculator to let you know how much you have to store based on what your retention policies are. Every state's different. Consult your your local state on what their requirements are, whether your state and local government or if you're an enterprise uh, provider. For most of the enterprise accounts, Julio, we're seeing a 30-day flip policy on video. That's the retention policy. And again, don't come up with a body-worn camera policy. Extend your existing fixed video policy to include first-person video. It just makes dealing with deletion so much easier. But if something is evidentiary, pull that out, make an event out of it, put the event and video manager on there, and those events have a different deletion policy. They're protected. And you can get very granular. And if you have a homicide or a domestic, you can have different retention policies for those different types of categories or tags. Got it. Video, VB400s into the safety reimagined ecosystem. So this is kind of all still new to me. And I think it's really cool that Motorola is telling this story. And I try to think, where does VB400 fit in that story? Easy. It fits in two places, detect 
and respond. So the, the camera fits into the story, uh, not independently. We need to do some other things within the, uh, the, the ecosystem through orchestrate and ACC. Uh, but Joel, you talked about a, a general use case day to day, uh, something unique to VB 400, how's we could start the shift. Uh, most companies either use an iPhone app or an Android app that phones can't be taken in a lot of businesses. Now we use RFID cards. So if a company has an RFID card, if they don't, we have a sticker. You can check a camera out without having to log into the system. Supervisors don't have to do it. Walk up to the RFID checkout, check the camera out, detect something, video streams back via orchestrate and ACC, and then they have the ability in that dispatch center to respond. So normal workflow in, in, in healthcare, it's the same in education. Uh, it's the same in all the markets that we go to. So I want to talk real quick, and I've mentioned it because we're hitting at 50 minutes. Wow. And I talk fast for you. I'm sorry. I do. <laughs> God, I wish I talked slower and just more pointed. Uh, why fix video? Because uh, the cameras are, are kind of only the beginning of what's going on here. We know the power of fixed video. And you have fixed video systems. You have millions of dollars invested in fixed video systems to de detect unusual motion detection. Uh, analytics. The analytics are taking place with our platforms. I'm just in awe by it. And Joel, if we could stream more of our video back to ACC and other platforms that we have and take advantage of that next-gen video analytics and some of that, I'm not going to call it facial, but... Uh, object recognition and even watch list. It just empowers everything that we're doing. And again, this is a story that only Motorola can tell end to end in our ecosystem. We don't have to integrate with anybody to do this. Uh, the power of integrating there, I'm going to put, put the word in there once and then I'm going to delete it. Integrating first person and fixed video. I wanted all the Fs in there anyway, but integrating these things together. Um, when we start putting these things side by side, we see the story unfolding side by side. We can receive mm -hmm. alerts side by side in ACC so we can leverage all those existing technologies, investments they already have and extend their system. Joel, you said this, it, it improves situational awareness. It's going to reduce response times and training. So you said at the beginning what I was going to hit out at the end. And this is where we get to using the orchestrate platform uh, and, and seeing how these fit in. So again, detect and respond. It fits within that ecosystem. Fixed videos for analyzing. We have radios that hit the communication portion of it. So this is just another piece to it in the end-to-end -end ecosystem. All right. Some questions. Is it okay if we talk about questions you should be asking customers if you're out there? I mean, do we yeah, want to go? I mean, this is, this applies oh. to to everyone. You know, whether it's uh, someone that's going to be an end user. You know, this is something that they would consider themselves and. For our channel partners or even our, our field sellers to you know make sure that we're having this piece of the conversation these are great yeah and, and i'm not going to give the answers to these and these these are questions that some of the answers to these questions they may keep your customers up at night and and that's important to know what if something happened you know how much do you spend on liability claims how high is your staff turnover are you empowering your employees letting your own employees you got the you got their backs do you already have a VMS? That's the first thing I do when I when I walk into a customer's site. I look around and see which video system they have in place. Sparks of joy when it's an Avigilon or a Pelco or an Ava system, just sparks of joy. Uh, when it's <laughs> not, I just cringe. No, it's okay. Um, how much do you spend on loss prevention? Just asking these questions. Have you ever had to escalate a situation of prosecution? Working with the police. Uh, how worried are you about legal compliance? It's just questions to ask your customers. We have a VB400 demo kit. And again, this is not a sales pitch, but we have these awesome kits that we can empower to our partners. Uh, has everything in there that you need to, to have to get out there and do a demo. And when I say do a demo and even get a kit going, uh, at our Channel Partner Expo, uh, there was a bet that I could not deploy a VB400 camera and video manager fresh install on a laptop in under five minutes. And I believe that Ari said that if I don't do it in under five minutes, everyone in the room gets a free VB400. 
there were like 350 people in the room. And I think uh, <laughs> people the Motorola were panicking. Uh, end to end, got the software downloaded, installed, set up, deployed a camera, hit record, started streaming and threw the camera in right around four minutes. So end to end, four minutes, getting it up and running on a laptop. Laptop is not the best place to deploy a VB400 video manager instance, uh, but can do it in under four minutes. So just let you know how easy it is to do a basic setup and deploy this thing. So Joel, if we have to put cameras on a, on a loading dock real quick, we could do it that fast. Now, if we already have video manager installed and we just gotta create a quick user, creating user takes about 30 seconds, deploy the camera, hang it up, walk away, you're done. But just make sure you know what users associated with that as we're deploying it. Um, the video manager demo kit, just it allows you to do all the things you need to do, streaming, case management, redaction, uh, transcription. I said it before, unlimited users. We license per device, not per user. So unlimited users on there, radio connectivity, more and more of these radio emergency buttons and man down functions are getting connected to the camera. So when this triggers, this triggers on as well. Uh, more and more yep. connections taking place. Dan Faulkner just said that exact same thing in the chat. He said you can use the LMR device from Moto Turbo to start the BB400 recording. That one's been certified. So it's just interesting, interesting about that certification process. We can't get it wrong. If someone hits the emergency button, we have to certify it. So it just takes time. It takes testing. We want to follow those best practices so that when you hit the button, the camera turns on. So we're getting more and more of our radios moving forward connected to this camera. Uh, reporting. I mean, if I want to know if a battery's going dead, I can get a report on that knowing that uh, if I have a fleet of cameras, I can get a report on that. And then uh, a quick question on the demo way. kit. Yeah. Uh, those, how, do, how, would, uh, how would we get those to our partners? So yeah, right now for the AVO channel, you know, Julio, maybe that's something you and I could talk about that we okay. can get it's available. Because right now today, they're available through the PCR MR Motorola channel. So we have to create that that path yeah our, and it's the there the path is there and i think there's uh, i think sharon's on the call that she might be able to help with that too so uh <laughs> yeah, always always look at another motorola and so no we want to make this available to you sure. it's great to have this kit available to you good deal all right and then uh i want to talk about the key differentiators and I, I swear i'll be done with this and we can take questions but uh key differentiators between us and everybody else out there selling body-worn cameras in the market we have rfid checkout rfid allocation so we could do, we could check out 84 cameras. And I did this test in under four minutes. We could do that. Line everybody up, RFID card, beep, check them out like it's a vending machine and just check cameras out. And they are allocated to that user. Unlimited users on the system. Unlimited users in the system. We license per device. That licensing per device is perpetual. CapEx purchase. You buy the camera, you get the license, you're good forever. We're not going to come back and hit you. We have the ability to stream into fixed video systems. You could deploy on-premise or in the cloud. We have managed services behind the scene, what refers software assurance to help you. The system is ridiculously simple to deploy. I, I can't say anything more about that. I know there have been some pain points with some of our partners deploying this thing because when we kind of rolled it out, we had some missteps. We're fixing those. Uh, we have all the documentation. Edisix has been around doing this for 20 years. There's not a question that they haven't come across that they haven't had the answer to. So we have all the documentation. We just need to get our partners and our customers armed with all that information. It's a good software package. It's a great camera. Our competition likes to say it's a cheap camera. If it's such a cheap camera, why do we have the same IP67 uh, mil 810 ratings that they do? If it's such a cheap camera, that's what I can't get over. So as I drop the camera. It uh, has an amazing value prop, right? I mean, the fact that it is so reasonably priced to the end user and the value prop that it, it delivers through the entire ecosystem, they're scared, right? I mean, to be honest with you, who else can deliver that kind of robustness and durability 
with the yeah, ecosystem for that. They product. can't. And, and if our partners would start bundling these cameras into their fixed video offerings, let's say they're coming up for license renewal, you know, we're going to throw in a dot controller and 14 cameras to extend your fixed video footprint. And that'll become part of it versus chasing like just a normal one or two camera sale. Bundle it into upgrades. Start getting people familiar and comfortable with first person video because where the police were 20 years ago, that's where enterprise is today. So think mm -hmm. of what we're going to be in 20 years with first person video. And, you know, we talked about how simple this, this is to use in a one or two or 10 camera uh, deployment. How big does this scale? How, how big of a deployments have we, have we put out there? That's a great question because we actually have the largest body worn camera deployment system in the world. It's the French national police force, 30,000 cameras, Julio, if 30,000 wow. cameras on their system, all in one coming back to one central video manager instance. So a lot of big customers, uh, unfortunately, a lot of them are in the UK and we have the DOJ, but they're never going to talk about what they do. And I respect that. Uh, but uh, the French national police force, they'll come right and say they have 30,000 cameras, the German defense force, they're using our cameras, very big deployment. Uh, His majesty's prison service just deployed our cameras in the United kingdom, very, very large accounts. So, uh, um, yeah, it can handle it. So whether it's one or it's a, a, a thousand or 10,000, the system scalable. Sounds good. Well, guys, we're at time. Um, I know we all have meetings and phone calls and all that stuff to get to. I really appreciate you both uh, jumping on with me today and sharing all of this with the audience. Um, how do we, how do, how would someone get more information about the VB 400s? Just go to the Motorola website. Yeah, then go to the Motorola, go to the Motorola website. If anyone here on LinkedIn wants to send me a message, I'll, I will take your message. And if I don't have the answer, I'll find the right person that has the answer and I'll connect you with that person or I can integrate you to that person. Either way, no, we'll connect you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, Joel, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, Joel, I need one of those jerseys. Just saying. I did battle for it. Have a good one, my friend. Well, arm wrestle. All right, Julio, thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. Yeah. All right, everyone. That's all the time that we have for today. I want to thank Joe and Joel again for uh, taking the time to join me. And thank you for taking the time to uh, learn about the VB400 today. So we're going to be back next week with another episode. I'm going to start working on that here as soon as we get done uh, with this Excuse me, broadcast. Uh, thanks again for joining me, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks a lot. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Motorola Solutions Technology Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe so that you can be made aware of new content, and we'll see you soon.